When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to episode number 400 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the partly decrepit uh, Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? You know, we've done this 400 times, and uh, I can't, that's insane. Uh, And it's, of course, by the time of the 400th, I have a pulled trap muscle. (laughs) (laughs) We're so old. Oh, God. I, I don't think I, I don't think yeah. I told you this not to take away from your glory, but I hurt oh, my yeah. knee playing really? pickleball a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we yell at James then, Paxton. <laughs> the pick the knee injury led to a hip injury, led to a shoulder. Oh, I play pickleball. I, I belonged to a, a, a racquetball club for pickleball. I love pickleball. Oh um, man, I don't think but I've we're old. It. I'd be so good at it though. Oh, it's the best. It's just it's just tennis I've for old. I would. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's great. It's great. But I, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's episode number 400. Like you said, can't believe that we've made it this far. I mean, probably you and I have recorded like 360 together, right? There's a little sure. bit of break here and there, but like unbelievable. Mazel tough. Yeah. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to us. Any, any, any words before we begin episode number 400? Um, well, first and foremost, uh, thank you all so much for listening over the years. Uh, I still have that photo. Of I talk about every time of us in doing episode one in your little atrium huddled around like a little bookcase in a blue yeti as I sat on a cushion with my laptop, <laughs> yeah, on the ground of this Brooklyn apartment. Uh, and yeah, there's so many things ahead too. Uh, I've actually I've done all 400 of these. I can't believe that. That's unbelievable, man. Yeah, I didn't let anyone else do it. <laughs> I remember when it was Max Eddie. I think it was covering for you. A Did couple he do times a few? We he had some really great, good at it. We had some great guest hosts. Uh, ben, Palmer yeah, ben Palmer did quite a few of these. Yep. The sexiest voice we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> he was he was great. We've been we've been very blessed to have a lot of very good people come and come fill in. You know, and a huge thing to, to David Mendelssohn last year taking over for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, when when, uh, when you had a kid or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I think Who so. Cares? Who remembers? Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, honestly, it's wild because I, I guess I'm most excited for 500. And the reason for that is I think how we record 500 is going to be so vastly different than anything we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you guys saw the tweet I put out today, uh, I'll, I'll just, just repeat it to everyone listening. Uh, if you know anyone or you are someone who is a bar owner in New York City, I just want to talk to you. Uh, we have some fun ideas and some um, aspirations, and uh, we want to find the right person and talk to some people inside the industry and uh, uh, send them our way. My Twitter DMs are open. So just jump in on there. If you don't have Twitter, just send me an email at info at pitcherlist.com. 
But uh, but yeah, I hope that 500 is, um, first of all, that I'm not talking to you over the internet. What the heck, man? <laughs> soon, soon enough. I'll be back. Don't you yeah, worry. I, I built this thing for you. I remember when we did it, you know, I finally escaped episode it. 100. Episode <laughs> 100. Do you remember that one? No. Episode 100 was when we had the event in my apartment where we set up on a table. My roommate oh, yep. did yep. the live stream for us. Like, yep, he, uh, yep, yep. and I was over like December or something. We gave away prizes and we gave away to Yancey the Blake Snell poster. That's fantastic. It was great. He was so, you know, he was so thrilled about it as he should be because that's an amazing poster. He, he's, we're the only two people that have this. <laughs> And then he uh, passed away. Yeah. Miss you, Yancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, fast. The only reason I say that is because I know Yancy will laugh at it. That's why I said it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but anyway, really just thank you all so much for supporting us over the years. Uh, those have been from here from the first episode. I hope you've seen um, you know, what we've been doing and uh and are excited about the future. And you're the reason why we can do all this stuff. So really, it, it blows my mind. Thanks for putting up with us in my terrible laugh and my cackling and horrific jokes uh, to get through some decent pitching analysis. So and to that and a huge thank you to Alex for showing up in 2016. Starry eyed actor slash Criff dog runner <laughs> and who said, you know, what? I think we should do a podcast. And I was like, you know, I was just waiting for the right person to do it with. And here we go. Sit often. A lot of people have their their second person in this, and I'm so lucky that it's you. So, amen, brother. Love you Thanks, too. Buddy. It's also uh, we, it, you know, and we'll dive into the uh, analysis temporarily momentarily here. But also a big thank you. We got all these amazing photos of you guys wearing your baseball shirts. Oh, yeah, and like it's just been blowing up our Twitter feeds, and it's just been so amazing to oh, see. Gosh, so, off in, off in England, we we saw so many of them. Super uh, cool. Baffleups and nerds got a whole set. It was it was amazing. Awesome. It was amazing. It blows my mind. Uh, it's been such a wonderful response to that, and it warms my heart every time. So keep sending those photos. It's just so great. Thank you. It's been, it's been awesome. All right. Without further ado, though, let's let's dive in because I, for bizarre reasons, I making Nick record this very late, and that poor man has to go sleep and write the roundup and do a bunch of stuff. So let's let's dive in. This the the tier names, okay, are yeah. coming to you from Adam Howe. Okay, who oh, suggested really? this? Who suggested this for number yeah, four? I love Adam Howe. He's the best. He's the man. He's he is well. He's fantastic. He's absolutely fantastic. And th- yeah. this podcast right now, and all of our podcasts would not be happening without him right now. It's so thank true. you to Adam, who's who is you know very appreciated by us for sure. So this is his idea. So you can't get mad at me because it was a good idea. But <laughs> and I don't know if you're gonna be able to do it, but we'll figure it out. That <laughs> the tears, okay are all of the tier names I have given you in the past tier. Oh <laughs> Wait, how many have you given me? Oh, I'm not bloody, definitely. Definitely you a given lot of me them. 12? Oh my God. Okay, have we done more than 12 podcasts? Yes, I've done oh, 400. I, can't, I, I cannot remember. I know, but you know what? It's it's delirious Nick time, so whatever you're going to come up with, you're going to come up with, okay? And that's I just don't want to laugh because it hurts my back. Oh, that makes it so much better. This is so hard right uh, now. Just watching Nick crumble in pain while laughing. He's so good. He's like doing the Hunchback of Notre Dame cosplay oh right now because he can only lift his left shoulder and he can't lift oh his right Oh my God, this is... Okay, let's just go. What, what we All got? Right, let's go into tier one. This is... 
one through we were six. Old oh, oh my god, this is uh, one through six here. Tier number one: uh, Garrett Cole, Spencer Strider, Luis Castillo, yeah. Kevin Gausman. Uh, all of them jump up one. Uh, then Shane McClanahan falls down four to number five uh, due to his own injury in all likelihood. And Shohei Otani at number six. What's it called, and why is it called that? Can I just call them all Case Cake? <laughs> Yeah. Well, Case Cake was actually that's that was a me and Delirium. Yeah, Case that Cake was, was giving it t- yeah that was that was me giving a tier name. Yeah, that was a tier name. This has to be the names of the tier. This I has know, to be like the I categories. I don't remember any of them. Fast. Oh my god! All right, fine. You know what? We, we did. <laughs> All right, I, I'm gonna say excuses to be late. That was a good one. Okay, great. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, Do you have a list? I'll, you must have done. You must have a list you can send me. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, you don't remember either. This is not just me here. Fast. It's not my job to remember. I'll think of another category <laughs> list. But for now, let's hear. Let's anyone in particular. I mean, we've talked about a lot of these guys. You know, I I really do want to like be able to focus on kind of like the meat of the list. I don't want to get to number yeah, fifty no, and we're fine. like it's at an hour. Yeah. Anyone here you want to hit upon before we get out of tier two? It's kind of hard to do this right now because, as you mentioned before, there should be a defaulted one, you know, like an emptied one. And because none of these guys are SP1 right now, it is sure. really hilarious how in the world of fantasy baseball right now, there's no like de facto number one. Yeah. It's just like everyone is like, just don't get just don't ruin my league this week. OK, that's yeah. what everyone is is doing. And uh, so I guess it's Garrett Cole, even though it's like, what he just did poorly against the Rangers. He had his best slider again for two straight starts. And that's really, really exciting. I think like now it's going to be great for him. And Shane McClanahan, I don't know what that could do. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, with his lower back. Yeah, because he's not on yeah, the it's not upper back. You know, when my powers combined, we have one back. <laughs> <laughs> Take my back, please. Um, I mean, like Spencer Strider dominated tonight, but he's definitely shown moments in the past couple of weeks where he has looked anything but dominant. Luis yeah. Castillo, maybe he could what, jump in because walks? he's six walks. Uh, a couple like two two games ago or a couple games ago, Castillo. Yeah, and then he allowed three and runs against the Yankees, I believe. Yeah, and last yeah. I saw, I only saw at the beginning you know, of the yeah, game. Yeah, he had he four up. walks last time, and then six walks before that. So. Yeah, and he's currently going right now, and uh, I, I believe he's given up three earned runs to the Nationals. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, so I mean, who are didn't they? Who did they just take a series Listen, from? Oh, the Padres. Anyone tell him it's summer? Oh, it's two two earned runs, three total. So two earned runs, three total. But two yeah. two two uh, two home runs Long overall. Runs. Anyway, each one of them have a problem. Let's go on to tier two. I'm going to give you a different. Um, uh, I don't think I've done this one. Have I ever done thrift store fines as a category overall? Um, I think you did. <laughs> did I? Okay, so you can't do thrift store fines. All right, then it's going to be. Wait, it's wait gonna, what do you mean? You're like you're giving me new categories now? Yeah, because I'm not going to make you struggle through. Oh, Adam Howe, we love you, but you you think too highly of us. Yeah, uh, we our memories are old. This is our four hundredth. We are we, my back hurts. He's you know like we're we can't. <laughs> our memories are old. <laughs> I love yes, that. Yes, that, uh, that means we're old because the okay. memories are in black and white. Okay. Uh, here's here's what it is. You're it's it's book titles, but they're all made up. So it's you're in oh, that's you're great. in a yeah. This would like be a, a top tier one. Yeah, it's book, book titles, titles are all made, made up for the first yeah. one. Yeah. Is um how I became the mirror and the mirror became me. <laughs> I, this might be the this literally might be the tier list for every episode moving forward. Yeah, this is good. oh my god. That's okay, yeah. This is my okay. this is my fun. This you right. finally tier found two. it past. 
tier two, make me, Zach Wheeler. Make me name things that are like naming the name of the thing, you know? God. We, 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 this is the last episode of On the Court. Uh, <laughs> it's been a good two, run. You know, what it's been is a good it? Run. Seven years. We're going out. Yeah, I'm actually, going almost out like seven years to the day, you know? That's like wow, a month away from that. Yeah. Tier Something two like is seven through 12. Zach Wheeler, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Zach Gallen, Framber Valdez, and Joe Ryan. Uh, the largest riser, Joe Ryan, jumps up three to 12 as he rounds out the tier. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um, it's called Maroon and Burgundy. Why? Well, okay. Maroon and Burgundy, where it's like, is it red? Or is this more red than red? Which is the real red? Is yeah. this different? I don't know. It's uh, it, how would you define the difference between maroon and burgundy? Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. One's deeper. So are right? these guys actually tier one pitchers? I, I I can't really even tell anymore. Yeah, burgundy's deeper. Right, burgundy's deeper. No, no, it's not. Maroon might. Yeah, maroon is deeper. Actually, I apologize. Burgundy is closer to purple, and maroon is closer to red. Anyway, okay, you weren't um, wrong. You were Ron. <laughs> very good, Joe Ryan. Uh, very quick. It has been amazing to see him succeed, like quite literally, with with just the the four seam and the splitter. Every time I see, like, you have this complete game shutout most recently, and I keep thinking, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe the slider came to play. Nope, doesn't matter. It's almost like the slider is this like show me pitch. It was he perfectly commanded his four seam. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was unbelievable. Um, any quick hits here before we go on to tier three? Uh, it's very strange putting Zach Wheeler this high, given that he's been as volatile as he has been. Um, I watched every single pitch he threw in that game, and it's so funny. Like, I go into some of these games fast. I know, I'm sure you must do the same thing. We're like, okay, well, this guy didn't do well. Like, let's see some, you know, like he's going to do this. And, and uh, I, it's, it's, Zach Wheeler's mechanics are like the most joyful thing to me. Mm-hmm. He looks, it's so strange too, because he does this thing where he, he gets ready. He looks at the, at the target. And then for a second, he like looks back at his glove, like mid motion. And it hmm. messes me up every single time. Yet he's just so smooth in every single pitch. Sure. And I love it. And it's why his fastball, I think is just so good. And it drove me insane looking at these stupid cutters. I'm calling it a cutter. It's like a 92, 93 mile per hour slider, but it's his cutter. Hmm. And, Oh, oh, they they hit that hit those and he shouldn't have thrown them, and they were really dumb. And Zach Wheeler is just so so good with that fastball, uh, the four seamer in the sinker. I think that cutter is better than that. Well, it's actually it's PLV like darling, hmm. and yeah, he's way better than this. And I know it's so That's strange to keep saying that, but I don't know, guys. Like he's better than this, and uh, yeah. that's just what it is. It's just the middle of June or end of June, and it'll be a lot better moving forward. All right, let's drop down to tier three, 13 through 17. Justin Verlander up three to 13, followed by Tyler Glasnow, Pablo Lopez, Aaron Nola, and Corbin Burns plummets 11, the lowest ranking on the list of him for him so far this year. What's it called? Why is it called that? Is the sky clear or is it just invisible? <laughs> I said book names, not emo song titles. Okay. Uh, um, that is like, oh boy, that would be 10th grade summer reading. All right, we'll do that. We'll do that next week. Um, so we should talk, obviously, very quickly about Corbin Burns, who, you know, we've weathered some storms with him. He, he shuts out Baltimore and we think, man, this is it. He's finally starting to tick. And then he's got a, you know, he's got a a, a very poor quality start against Minnesota. Six uh, innings with three earned runs, one walk and eight Ks. And we're like, yeah, we'll take that all day. Then he just implodes against Arizona with, I believe, a very difficult first inning for him. He settles a little bit. But what was it about this start in particular that had you thinking, OK, you know what? Now it's finally time. He's He's got to drop down. 
so the reason, by the way, it's called the sky is, is the sky clear or is it just invisible is because these guys are trying to reach that upper echelon, right? They're trying to mm-hmm. get to the sky's the limit, but they don't know. They can't see that it exists. They can't get there. That's because they're not aces yet fast. There is a lot they're of, beautiful. you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into this, like half a, a lot of nuance. Yes, I apologize. There's a lot of neuron firing. Okay, Corbin Burns, uh, 396 ERA, 115 whip at the moment. Um, not fun. You don't want to see that. Uh, and the reason for it is pretty simple, in my view. The cutter is still very good. It is not as good, but still, like, pretty pretty dang good, right? Uh, it's allowing more hits. It's, um, But it's really pretty much the same pitch, in my view. Maybe not getting it down quite as much. Um, as he used to, but uh, it's it's still amazing. I mean, it's 10 points down in low location. I think that's the biggest issue, but I think that can change, and that's fine. It's really the curveball and the changeup to me that are not becoming the pitches that they used to be. Uh, the curveball was a 20% swing strike rate pitch. Now it's 15%, 22% for the changeup, 16% for it. And without those two secondaries really you know, making it so that when the cutter shows up, it just dominates it makes it a little bit harder for Burns to navigate through uh, through games. And then, yeah, then you throw in back that cutter not being as low, so it's not as uh, just so difficult to f- discern if it's going to be a strike or not. Um, those are the little things that changed Corbin Burns. Um, I needed to lower him, remove him, the Aces gains label, because, yeah, he just has not really been that guy. I mean, re- I remember in 2020, it was an eight-game stretch to end the year that we just thought, oh, my gosh, Corbin Burns is just a hero now. And then he continued it into 2021 and 2022 for the most part. I'm sure he had some small blips in the end of 2022. Sure. Um, what, what I think is the most interesting thing, though, fast, is I'm going to tell you right now, Corbin Burns is not the same pitcher from last year. He's a little bit worse. And thus, that is why he is pitching worse. But PLV, our projection system for it, you might have heard this on the Plus Pitch podcast, mm-hmm. uh, our, our standard for it, was to see, like, trying to figure out what was wrong because he kept saying that Corbin Burns was going to have a 23% K rate this year. And we were like, no, 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 no. We need to have That's it at 30%. It's Corbin Burns. Everything's going to have yeah. 30%, 35%. And Corbin Burns is at a 22.6% right now. That's and I'm like, POV, what are you doing over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and the other one that, like, we had to be like, <laughs> okay, we're going to ignore this one. Do you remember who that pitcher was? Tyler Wells. Tyler Wells. <laughs> Like the two major outliers that we saw. Hmm. Uh, so I'm going to be uh, looking more into PLV, of course, over time. We're also refining and making it even better, which is also really cool. So uh, lots of exciting stuff there. But yeah, that's always in the back of my mind about Corbin Burns. If you're interested in learning more, too, about Tyler Wells, we just released a fantastic hour-long no part two interview with Tyler Wells. where he two minutes. Break it was unbelievable. He just he's he talks about being you know he's very vulnerable about his experiences in baseball. He had just come off a really poor start against the Rays, which he salvaged actually well. But he had the second inning that was brutal. He had two errors, and I wasn't going to bring it up because I'm sure that's the last thing that he felt like discussing. And and he did. He was just super open and honest about it, and took full accountability and just how bad he felt about it. And there's something very genuine about it. And it was a very very good listen. Let's move on to tier four, um, eighteen through twenty seven. Joe Musgrove up nine uh, to 18, followed by George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, 20. Then Sandy Alcantara rises two to 21, followed by Bobby Miller, Blake Snell. Christian Javier drops 10 to 24. Dylan Cease up 12 to 25, followed by Jesus Lazardo and Hunter Brown rounding at the tier at 27. What's it called and why is it called that? It's called the Pine Beak Jury. What? Why? That's an interesting one. Well, because the verdict is still out if these guys are going to be legit or not. 
Okay. There's a few that we should talk about. I am a little curious how Sandy jumps to after yeah, Tenor that was runs over his past two. That was more of demotions. Uh, so, I, it was between okay. like, essentially, I, Bobby Miller didn't go up. Um, and I kept because he just had two bad starts. And then Christian Javier had to go down. Um, and that's really what it was. Nothing really okay. more than that. Uh, now, I, 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 yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I, and I, I knew this going in. Actually, there was a moment too. I had him higher. I was like, no, 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 I can't do this. Um, and with Sandy Alcantara, it's it's a case of what I was kind of talking about with Zach Wheeler of I just just don't genuinely believe that the performances we've seen from him are going to sustain themselves when it comes to why he's had failures. I'd see it as twofold. Um, one, I mean, the last game was just like. Okay, you didn't have your command. You just you just didn't. And mm-hmm. for having such a long track record of having your command, I don't think that's like the new norm now. But the second is that the changeup has been worse. It's been less dependable uh, throughout the year. He's not getting this pitch down, um, and it is allowing more line drives than it used to, and thus a much higher average than it used to, and more hard contact than it used to. Do I think that that's going to stick around? No, I don't. I don't think that now Sandy Alcantara has a much worse changeup, and then that, that means that he's going to be terrible. Um, now, if I'm telling you that, oh, he's completely fine, everything 100%, he's in the top 10. So he's not. He's at 21. Among a lot of other guys that have other concerns, too, of uh, just how much do we believe this whole run of Blake Snell at the moment? And Christian Javier doesn't have a slider. And Dylan Cease, I mean, much better tonight with Dylan Cease. And I moved him up 12 already, and I'm probably going to move him up again after yeah. this because the slider once again demolished the Angels. Um but I did put Joe Musgrove above him and, and and George Kirby and Logan Gilbert. And even those are like, do we actually like them more than Sandy from this point forward? I mean, I actually literally just traded Joe Musgrove for Sandy Alcantara. I was so I was that was what I was gonna bring up earlier where it was like, I gotta give you credit because you're definitely putting your money where your mouth is and that you you believe in it. I would say that like the only person there's a few things, you know, part of me will say yeah, like Blake Snell's behind him. Dylan Cease is behind him. Jesus Cesardo is behind him. All of these guys have had stretches where they have looked not great, right? So I guess the only one that I would put above him mm-hmm. and then, well, there's two things. One, even though they those guys haven't looked great, they haven't shown as steep as a prolonged floor as Sandy has this year. But I think mm. the case that you can best make to put above him would actually be Hunter Brown. And you might think, yeah, but he also just got hit pretty hard by the Mets. But aside that, I mean, he's been relatively consistent. His fastball has looked great. His curveball has looked really good. Just dominated uh, the, the Dodgers, right? Yeah. Uh, you know. So so about Hunter Brown, um, when it comes to how he does it, it weirds me out. I, how many? Okay, so... <laughs> When you see pitches, four-seamers in the upper half of the zone, right? Four-seamers. As like, that's where you're living. Do you typically think that they're going to be have more called strikes or whiffs um, when you Wait, get that? that when you have the elevated four-seamers, right? Yeah. Is you're, that more trying gonna... to get called strikes or is it more to get whiffs? Uh, usually trying to get more whiffs because right. it's slightly out of the zone a lot of the time. Yeah. So Hunter Brown had a ton of high location on his four-seamer against the Dodgers I want to say it was like 67% or something like that and like mm-hmm. nothing was low he had 16 called strikes in that four seamer huh. and four whiffs but that's usually and, goes against and the that is interesting him, right? and I'm not saying that that isn't necessarily something that can 
be the thing. And he does get called strikes, but it's normally because it's a lower fast. What's kind of the Zach yeah. Gallon method, as I call it. Yep. And to see it translate up is strange to me. It's really not something that we latch to. And meanwhile, if you look at the other stuff that he threw in this game, I didn't, I mean, I, the curveball was fine. Um, the slider still, it's kind of reminds me of Tristan McKenzie. Honestly, if there's any pitcher right now, I think most like, like Hunter Brown is Tristan McKenzie because mm-hmm. the sliders were doing whatever it wants. The curveball can be very good when it gets it down. And yep. then this fast was kind of leading the way. Right. Uh, so I want to say that Hunter Brown, like in, I think in 2024 Hunter Brown is going to be phenomenal. But I think right now Hunter Brown is still figuring out what he has and how to actually get through a game properly with consistency. I love the he, fact he just did this against the Dodgers. I don't really want to minimize that. Yeah. But I'm trying to make the point that what he did against the Mets with 600 runs and what he did with one earned run against the Dodgers isn't actually that different in my view as far as wrangling his arsenal. How he did it, different, absolutely. Yeah. But I didn't see all of a sudden, oh, no, no, this is a guy who's completely in control and like doing the thing he wants to do. I didn't really see that. Sure. To me, that the forcing command on that Mets game was just like off. Like, I, I feel like he was just like completely missing a majority of the game. He just absolutely really a lot of things went. Uh, he tugged a lot of fastballs in that game. Yeah. 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 Um, he, he is. He is a fun watch for sure. And I think you meant earlier 2024 next year. You think is going to be fantastic for him. Yes. Right? So, yeah. I, I say 2020. Three it's a 2020, two. which was so, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. We're going. What oh my god, we're back in time. <laughs> that uh, hurt. The last, oh the god. last plug I'll make is that I just did a full breakdown of George Kirby on the Alex Fast Show, which came Heck out last yeah. week. It's going to come out Thursdays now. Um, you should go check that out because that was way too long. It was like 20 minutes just talking about his four seamer. Um, <laughs> please reach out if there's any feedback about those episodes so I can keep making them things that you're interested in. We've got so many other pitchers to get oh, to, yeah. and we are going to get to them right after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow, and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. All right. And we're back to your five here, 28 through 32. Bunch of followers here. Logan Webb at 28. Uh, Freddie Peralta, Hugh Darvish, Bryce Miller, and James Paxton falls two to 32. What's it called and why is it called that? This is called um, The Ladder. How to make the best of what you got. <laughs> and why? So Logan Webb is trying to do that because he just threw 50 change-ups. I mean, 50, 50 or 51. Change-ups. It was 50. I, oh, I'm sorry. He threw at least 50 change-ups for the third straight time this year. So much so that I pegged Sarah Langs and she's like, That's- hey, last time someone did something like this was Mike Miner in 2019. Wait, I thought it was, I was also it was Logan, Logan Webb. Webb. It was all Logan yeah, Webb. And so I'm like, all right, I want to yeah. know the one before that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, I should have realized that he had 50 changeups before this year. In this year's, I think it was the first one was May 8th. Uh, but yeah, Mike Miner in 2019, which is like, oh yeah, I remember he was like really in the changeup at the for a moment. Okay. Um, then there's Freddie Peralta, who's like, hey dude, you just throw really good four seamers and keep doing that, and hopefully you get that slider in there. Um, you Darvish, you Darvish needs to figure out who he is. Because this is driving me insane fast. I know we've, we, if it wouldn't be the 400th episode if we're not talking about you, Darvish, and like how, much, how maddening he is, right? I so was like, you know. yeah. I've I've made a lot of some good calls and some bad calls. You, Darvish, thinking that this was finally the year that he just went four seam slider. What was I thinking? What was I it's, thinking? It's all of them, right? Every every thing you've ha- felt about a pitcher, you felt about you, Darvish. <sighs> And, um, you know, my favorite line ever from a movie is some things change and other things don't, which is the worst line ever. OK, um, <laughs> you, you Darvish, though, I, I, I see a you Darvish that can get strikes with sliders and cutters. And then they can save his sinker to jam right handers and save his four seamer to go up and into lefties. Hmm. I think that world exists where Darvish simplifies what he does and stops trying to manipulate velocity and movement so much and just says, look, these are my four best things. Yep. I'm only going to do that. Maybe, you know what, if you want to do an OO curveball to start off the fifth, fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you are like, oh man, it's 2-2, I can't get this guy away, try a splitter. Go ahead. But that's it. Everything else has to be one of those four pitches. I think that Darvish can get there. Bryce Miller still has a really good fastball, even though he didn't do so well in his last start. The previous two were fine, and like he'll figure this out in, over time. This is yeah. this is a good example of a pitcher who gets better in time. Um, and James Paxton, just like just be on the field, just be on the field. Um, so two things: one, uh, Jeff Zimmerman might have to change that fantastic graphic that I think he's always putting out. I think it's his, where he, it's like a decision tree, and he's like, essentially, are you throwing more than four pitches? Are you you Darvish? And if it's yes, oh, yeah. you're okay. Right. But yeah. if it's not you Darvish, then just just throw your best four pitches. Yeah. Quick, maybe I know the answer just because of the the. Uh, no, well, let's put our let's put our dynasty hat on for a second. Okay, I know this isn't necessarily our bag. I know, but I think you'll be able to do. And I dust off of it, yeah. In in a <laughs> your old choosing hat, um, in a dynasty format, Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. Oh, this is fun. This right? is more about you talking about Brian Wu. Well, no, I I really I just know that his four seamer is really good, but it's it's like the same old same old with every Saint Seattle yeah. Mariner, right? I mean, just elite four seamer. But I mean, well, so he's at fifty one now. But any any. Thoughts on him? Besides, my great thought is today? that Brian Wu's fastball is really good. It's not Bryce Miller's, mm. right? Am I correct in that assumption? Um, I think in terms of movement profile, it isn't too far off. I remember if there was like a very interesting Michael Ahedo tweet about it, but I'd have to look it up. I don't want to speak off the cuff here. I want to say Bryce Miller because I feel like this is a unicorn fastball, mm. uh, as opposed to Brian Wu's, who's really good, but it's not. It's not that. Not to mention. Brian Wu goes sinkers as well. And Brian Wu is like a 50% fastball four-seamer guy with some sinkers and then the slider. And they both have a whatever slider. Um, I mean, maybe Wu's a little better, but I... Uh, but yeah, you... Um, I mean, you're, you're also saying this because of my amazing tweet this morning. Thank you very much. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and you are... Tweet I've ever put out. But you should go... And people should go to Twitter to see that. I retweeted <laughs> it as well. Um, if you, Miller, if you, you were there when that thing one. arrived on the internet... In 2003. That's awesome. Um, 
But yeah, Bryce Miller, I think the fastball is also 70% thrown and, and he can just dominate with that, which means to me at some point something else gets added and he just becomes even better. So I have more faith in that than I do for Wu. Okay. Let's go to tier six here, 33 through 45. Uh, Tyler Wells leads off the tier. God, I love seeing him that high. That's amazing. Uh, Lucas Giolito up five to 34, followed by Marcus Stroman, Zach Eflin, Mitch Keller, Braxton Garrett at 38, Yuri Perez at 39, Garrett Whitlock, Justin Steele at number 41. He jumps up eight. Merrill Kelly jumps down eight to 42, followed by Bailey Ober, Nathan Eovaldi, and his terrifying velocity drops down to 44, and Jose Barrios at 45. What's it called and why is it called that? Grains of metal. <laughs> because? <laughs> so whimsical. Because these guys are sturdy. And they would. They would. Uh, unless you're Nathan Eovaldi's arm. Yes, you are sturdy. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't want to get too deep into Yuri Perez, but you did a fantastic breakdown on him. This, you had this great analysis of this kind of running four-seamer that he has that oh, just kind funny. of jams right-handed hitters. And you're, these guys are not able to do anything with that pitch. And it looks like a strike for a really long time. So you should be checking that out. Why don't we start with the guy who actually went across the 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 sea and had a fantastic start in Justin Steele. Um, I mean, he 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 looked really really good in that start. He's always had a kind of a very interesting four seamer that like profiled not as well as the actual performance that it had. And I believe Alex, actually, I'm fairly certain Alex Chamberlain has a article coming out tomorrow on Fangraphs about it. Um, can can I read you one quick line from that because he texted me about it today. Absolutely, uh, it comes out. It comes out tomorrow. So a, a long time ago, I uh, had a tweet about how Justin Steele was 21 four-seamers away from history because he had thrown 786 without giving up a home run. Right. Um, and he, he sends a screenshot of that tweet. And then he says, if you don't know how this ends, my exceptionally dim-witted but nevertheless talented colleague and friend, Alex <laughs> Fast, jinxed it in spectacular fashion because, of course, the first pitch he yeah. threw in the next start. Yeah, was a amazing. home run to uh, Kyle Schwarber. But I digress. Coming off this fantastic start against St. Louis, where he was just doing quite well, uh, locating that four-seamer, six innings pitched, one run, one walk in eight Ks. It was amped that start, followed it up too. He had a good start against Baltimore, the start before that. What are you thinking about Justin Steele? Justin Steele, it's really funny. Uh, one of the best feelings in this world is uh, is hanging out with the Enosaurus. And then mm-hmm. you ask a question about a player in front of him and you both have and you have the same answer as, you know, <laughs> and it's like and we both agree. And I remember yeah. this. It was in the offseason. We were both like, yeah, really good slider. Not a good enough fastball. And that's what I, I thought coming into this year. I was like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to lean in on this. And what we've seen is a really, really good fastball from Justin Seal the entire year. Yeah, um, it's been better than the the, the slider. Um, so I mean, I want to buy into the command of this. It's really nice. Two starts in now he's done this. I kind of want to say that his four seamer is really a cutter. Mm, and yeah, it's I mean, interesting yeah. because I, I, I remember watching it and being like, this is a cutter. What am I, what's going on here? This is, this is really a cutter. And it makes us so much sense as to why he survives as he does, because he's doing a, the, the, the Lance McCullers thing, not the Lance McCullers, I'm sorry, call him a Q thing. And Andy Sanchez, I, I reference it all the time, oh top God. of the zone, able to come back down into the zone and surprise guys with it. 
I, I, I reference that in like every podcast. I know, but you just terrified Justin Steele owners because you're like, yeah, he's just like um, Colin McHugh, who's a reliever, yeah, and Anibal right. Sanchez, who's fully out of the league. Oh my god! Um, no, he had that amazing season with like his cutter essentially, and it's it sure, amazing. yeah. Um, as they would leave at the top of the zone and come, you know, like MLB the show, you'd be out of the zone to come back down and get a call and strike. But he also jams right-handers so, so, so well with it. It's why the hard contact on the pitch is constantly low. We're 88th percentile again. Yeah. Um, at 22% hard contact, it was just 23% in 2022 for Justin Seals' four-seamer. So I really do think this is more of like a cutter at 92. And then the real slider is at 83, which I then also think is what makes the slider better because it does have some of the similarities of the movement profile, right? Yeah. Um. So... It's just further along and it's a 10 mile per hour difference. And like the cutter slider stuff we see from like Rasmussen or something like that or Graham Ashcraft. Actually, Ashcraft is like 10 or 12, which is weird. And he just can't command anything. Uh, so Justin Seals pretty good. And that's all I got fast. He's pretty good. You, it's interesting. One last thing on him that I, I, I'm curious now. It's kind of has my brain moving. Usually if you see an O swing like his, which is in the 93rd percentile, you would think that it would translate to even more whiffs, right? He's got a near 12% swing strike rate, which is 74th percentile, but it's actually the ground balls that it turns into. Right, because it's a cutter, essentially. So it's getting underneath the bat. So this is why I hate calling it a four-seamer, because I think four-seamer, you're trying to miss above the bat, but he's not. Uh, He's jamming guys inside, and that's why this O-swing, you're going to see the O-contact is just 71st percentile at 64%, right? Not not matching the 93% O-swing, right? So uh, 93rd percentile of the swing. So it makes a ton of sense to me. Um, hmm. And I, I really do dig this. He does not let this thing float out over the plate. Uh, he doesn't put it in a place where guys can really get their arms extended and mess around with it. So I'm, I, I kind of believe this with Justin Steele. Um, at least I'm talking about to right-handers. And left-handers, he doesn't let it kind of go into the down barrel right yeah, sure. um, keeps it away which is kind of again it's like think of it like a slider in that way he just doesn't give in um in this fashion so i kind of buy it with justin Steele, and he's going to keep going up the list as long as he can hold on to this i mean the other guys here like garrett whitlock braxton garrett um uh, sorry sorry braxton garrett whitlock um who I, I i just love what they're doing i think that they have more than two pitches of the command super well um, you finally picked up when I said, "Yep." Yeah, and, no, I, um, I, I was, I got it right away. I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, but Braxton Garrett, new cutter, is incredible. Has an amazing changeup slider, okay, etc. Garrett Whitlock is a command specialist with sinkers and changeup. Changeups like Marco Estrada's, by the way, it's awesome. Mm. And then a really whiffable slider, and I really believe in those guys too. So, okay. yeah, I just wish Justin Steele got more slider whiffs. Is really the only negative that I have at this moment. Sure. Um, anyone else in this chair you want to hit upon before we move on to the next chair? What am I supposed to do with Nathan Evaldi? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, ninety four point four is not good enough after they're throwing ninety three point eight. I told the Twitch chat today, I am willing to wager that the Rangers are not going to let Evaldi pitch on normal rest for the next start. Mm. They have to. They have to do something. Yeah, they just they just have to. I I truly would be shocked at this point. Um, but anyone else in this team? I mean, yeah. I mean, Yuri Perez. Uh, I just heard Craig Mish on uh, Twitter Spaces actually talking to Marlins fans. Um, and they're like, hey, Yuri Perez, like, come on. Why not just throw him 180? And it's actually really funny. One said, hey, Jose Fernandez went 180 innings. Like, you know, so why don't we do that? He goes, how many innings did he throw the next year? 
Mm. It was 50. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, and I understand it. Look, this guy's 20 years old. Um, yeah. I, I kid all the time, like, oh, man, don't leave us, all that kind of stuff. But I get it. You can't do that. Now, you can ramp up in a yeah. certain way, but you have to have a plan with this. And Craig made a really good point saying it's not just the Marlins. It's also Yuri Perez's agent. There, yeah. It's about him protecting him, making sure that he doesn't ruin his career, you know? Um, so there are a lot of people involved with this. And yeah, that's just how it's going to be, despite how good he is. So I have him at 39, but just imagine a massive valley in July, and then he should be back in August. Man, that would be that would be tough. Well, oh yeah, sorry, I was just thinking about what that would mean in Dynasty formats. I don't know why Dynasty is on my mind so much tonight, but oh yeah, God, he's um, next year. He's yeah, he's he's like, I mean, like, are we really looking at kind of like the next Sandy? Maybe I know you were kind of talking well, about. What's interesting that is that he today. went pretty much slider sinker in that start i mean i showed a change mm-hmm. up that was like the only good change up but it was so perfectly done because no one expected a change up at that time yeah and then he had like a couple curveballs like fell in for strikes yuri perez man it's just gonna get better that's what's cool he's 20 he's just gonna get better yeah someone brought that up uh, or i think i saw it on a reddit post where they were like don't forget yuri perez is a year younger than paul Skeens, the the pitcher on lsu nah. that everyone's freaking out about right it's pretty unbelievable it's um all right look, look. action i i don't i don't think that's gonna work I, i've I was, watched some of them who was i listening to uh i was on a call with some people and they were like yeah i think there might be a world where the pirates draft him and he's pitching for the pirates at the end of the year and i was like what uh me i don't know about that one maybe 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 they bring him in 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 high uh high leverage situations or something or i don't know um all right let's move on to tier seven here 46 through 53 uh this is shane bieber who jumps up seven followed by taj bradley brian bayo up nine to 48 chris bassett drops nine to 49 followed by yusek kuchi coming into the top 50 at 50 brian Wu at 51 tanner bybee and andrew abbott jumps up 11 to 53 what's it called and why is it called that it's called fire. Don't touch it. <laughs> so is the font really big on fire and don't touch yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well? And it's, okay. it's like a parenthesis underneath in italics. Good. And why is it called that? Because it's like you're going to fire them out as in like you're going to actually ex, you know, throw them on your teams. But you don't want to touch the actual times they're going to burn you. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, Brian Bayo has strung together some very good starts now, which is great because I think we both kind of agree that there's a lot of upside potential there. Any concern, though, that he's down a full tick against the White Sox after that six and two thirds inning? I mean, he's already. Yeah, thrown. that happens. That happens all the time. Um, when it comes yeah. like two and change is when I'm actually like, okay, something might be up here. It's like, that's the ebb and flow of the season. At least from one start sample, you can't really pull anything on that. Um, yeah. what's interesting that started is they introduced the cutter that got a lot of strikes. Um, I believe it was six for seven or eight or for nine in that one was overall effective for him. The slider, which he throws 20% of the time is a sixth percentile swing strike rate, pitch, 7% swing strike rate on it. So it's yeah. also first percentile strike rate at 47%. Can you tell me the one pitcher who has a lower strike rate on his slider this year? I know it's because I know they have a zero percentile. <laughs> and they throw it pretty frequently? Decently, yeah. Are they on this list? Yes, they are on the top one. Is it Jack Flaherty? No, he's actually inside the top 30. Is he really? Yeah. 
I will guess. No, not, uh, I don't know. Who is it? I'm going to tell you to screw up all the way to the very top. Get out of here. No, no, no. Of the entire post. Of the entire post? Like the yes. leading image? Blake Snell? Blake Snell. Blake Snell. Oh my. Really? It's sub 40%. Yeah. If this is the thing I've been waiting for. This is why I've been like, Blake Snell, you haven't done it yet. But then Blake Snell, like, all right, my changeup is now like one of the best in baseball. Like, but I thought we hated the changeup. But then he had to use it as a backup. It's kind of like invention is the product of necessity. <laughs> and it's like, sure. all right, fine. I guess I'm going to make this work. And it has. And then the curveball has been really good recently, too. And then the fastball has gotten enough strikes. And voila, you know. And I think I was telling you, like, he had a couple of those fastballs that were induced vertical break of like 23. That's unbelievable. Which is crazy. So fine. I guess the slider just isn't a good strike pitch, but he's probably not going to throw as many of them. I don't know. Anyway, Bayo needs to improve that. Bayo has a good sinker, though. I really do like. Um, and I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential of that being a solid strike pitch for him as he gets it down a fair amount. I've actually seen some whiffs on it at times, which is kind of interesting. But it has a 30% uh, CSW at the moment. Really like that. 70% or 70th percentile and 70% uh, strike rate, which is cool. Uh, the four-seamer gets some whiffs and the changeup is really nice. Oh, man. 25% swinging strike rate. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, baby. That's the good stuff. So yes, 90th percentile of swing on that. Love it. And I hope he continues to grow. It's just about that slider or cutter really becoming a firm number three pitch for him. Speaking of the good stuff, Andrew Abbott, who comes in at the bottom of the tier at 53 and jumps up 11 with 10 Ks in that most recent start uh, against Colorado. Sure, it's Rocky Road, but no walks and 10 Ks. Obviously, a career high for him is high before that. It's just been four games in his career was six. Picking up a good amount of whiffs across that four-seam slider combination. What did you see from Andrew Abbott that jumps him up 11? This is a good example as to why I think uh, y'all should check out the Twitch stream that I do um, either in the morning or the one during the list because we broke down Andrew Abbott live. And if you have questions like this about this one guy like, Nick, I don't understand why you're against this guy or that one. Come into the chat. I will go over it with you. And I have been swayed in the past. Like there are times I even was doing the list today that someone was like, mm, I think uh, you should raise Jordan Montgomery a little bit. I was like, let me see. Jumped in a little bit. I was like, oh, you know what? The change of been curveball have been a little bit better. I'm going to push him up a little bit more. Right? That helps me. It helps you. Everyone's happy. Come on by. It's a lot of fun. And with Andrew Abbott, this, you know, I, oof, this is smoke and mirrors to me. I, which pitch do you think um, between the four seamer and curveball has the tw- 10% swinging strike rate? The four seam. Answer none. I <laughs> uh, no, the curveball is a ten percent swing strike rate. Uh it's a nine point six. Slider is a fourteen point eight percent. That's ten um, percent. No, it's underneath it. Uh fourteen point eight percent on the slider, but it's honestly I think it's not that good of a pitch and not very reliable for him. Um he kind of throws it inside the zone and then also really out of the zone. I uh, so I, I kind of look at Abbott and I, I don't really see dominance from him. I know you just had 10 strikeouts against Rocky Roenick. What's wrong with you? Um, Yeah, I watched a lot of it and just felt like, all right. You know, it just kind of happened. If that makes sense. You've, you've had those starts like, oh, wait. Oh, then, yeah, of course. The birthday and party. Uh, he did allow three home runs on that in that game as well. Uh, I I kind of feel like Andrew Abbott's a bit of a trap play. Uh, I. 
But I have been wrong in the past about many things. And I'm not going to just say like, oh, I'm going to ignore a 10 strikeout performance. Oh, a 114 whip um, through 23 innings, which is a very small sample size um, and a sub one whip. So fine. I, I know if you have Andrew Abbott, you're not going to drop him right now. So, OK, he's mm. at 53 is at the bottom of this tier of guys I really do like. You talk about Brian Wu, uh, Tanner Bybee. Um, has four offerings. I think at any moment, any of them can be really good. We just saw him stay vertical on the four seamer and the changeup was excellent because of that. Yusei Kikuchi's on an amazing roll with yeah, his curveball and his slider in the zone. If you read the roundup, you would know that from the first time he did, I was like, oh, he's got a convention. Maybe that and then bam. Now he's on like what five times in a row? It's great. Shane Bieber oh. finally had whiffs on both his slider and his curveball. First start all year. I hope that sticks around. Taj Bradley, I mean, just yeah, all of a sudden had curveballs for strikes. <laughs> Like, mm. great. Um, and then there's kind of Chris Bassett in here where I have no idea where to put Chris Bassett. What's it? Yeah, I have no so idea. Scary. You should not drop him. No. But also, what do we do? <laughs> so, good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move to tier eight here. Actually, before we do, we're going to take one more quick break. We're back jumping into tier eight here, starting at 54. We got Sonny Gray, followed by Charlie Morton. Ken Maeda returns at 56, followed by Lance Lynn, Luis Severino, John Gray down nine to 59. Reed Detmers, another fantastic start tonight against the White Sox. He jumps up five to 60. And Gavin Williams, who is unranked, appears at 61. What's it called? Why is it called that? Graphing the bio. Graphing the bio? Yes. What does that mean? Um, that means that we're trying to understand who they are and we're making a graph of them instead of doing a biography. Mm, okay. And why is it called that? Oh, because these guys are like, what are you? <laughs> this is Sonny Gray. Like, what are we doing here? Charlie Morton, you're just a cherry bomb, I guess, because you are going to have like a terrible whip one day, but then also seven K's and get a win. But like, I, I look, it's just about your four seamer not getting crushed one day and like your curveball hopefully having a 48% CSW and that'll be fine. Kenta Maeda, one good start, but I don't know. That was the Tigers. Lance Lynn did not have a secondaries in the second game. He had seven strikeouts and a bad cutter to Tristan Casas that ruined everything. But if he didn't allow that home run, maybe that would have been great. But like, what are you? Luis Severino, mm. but I'm not, I can rant for a long time about mm. that one. So yeah, what are they? I love that. Let's start with that rant. On Luis Severino, because people are going to look at it and they're going to say, Nick, what do you, what do you mean? He gets his best start of the year, arguably, against a, a very potent offense in Texas. And you looked under the hood and it seems like you're not really impressed because of that change up cutter slider combination that happened. It's like you read the notes because I did my italics voice, which forever now will be an Alex Fast's voice. As I said, Nick, you just <laughs> shut out the Rangers in six innings. <laughs> um, yeah. That bad. So, so I was at this game actually, and then I watched it on on uh, I watched it after as well. Um, a couple things. One, a friend of mine who was who was, used to be a pitcher as well, I noticed that Severino, even from our four hundred section seats, was slowing down on his mechanics on sliders and changeups, and wow. was going harder on fastballs. Like no way. And then I looked down and I was like, oh man. And like, I didn't even like, I, I closed out like the rest of it. I was like, that's a change up and everything. And he's like, yep. And I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, wow. So um, uh, I reached out to Cohen and Cohen said, yeah, that is something that he has had a history of, of like actually wow. you know, between pitches, not being consistent mechanically. So I'm like, oh boy. Fair. All right. Well, maybe that would be good uh, for him not to do. <laughs> and then um, 
So also inside that game, fastballs were like down the middle or way out of the zone. He allowed over 70% hard contact on his fastball in this game. Oh my gosh. Um, Change-ups went one for 25 whiffs. And his cutter, which, I mean, I guess now that's what we're calling it. We can never decide what to call his breaking stuff. Um, I want to believe there are three distinct breaking balls, but whatever. This 89 mile per hour breaker sure. was like a 40% strike rate. And that was the start. You know, and, and yeah. it's one of those games of like, you want to say like, oh, no, Severino's really figuring this out. I'm like, no, he's exactly in the same place he was before. That's just baseball, Susan. Yeah. So I'm not sold yet. I'm still waiting for Severino to really locate well with the heater and and really set up that change of insider effectively. And I don't like I was looking ahead to see if like maybe this next start was particularly arduous. Right. And we would he would get found out. But it is against the Cardinals, who obviously have not really been the offense uh, that we thought they were going to be. They're still a top 10 offense overall by WRC plus on the year. But if you're looking at just the last 30 days, um, they have fallen out of favor a little bit as they're actually 20th. So they've definitely been struggling as of late. Um, So I, I, I mean, obviously you're still going to make that start for for Luis Severino against St. Louis right but you're probably just expecting some regression there yeah I just I just yeah that's my answer okay um <laughs> anyone else in this tier that you want to have a quick hit upon before we move to the, the we don't know what to make of Gavin Williams yet because it's MLB debut the command is always weird in the first one I don't didn't really get a sense though that like the forcing had two whiffs against the, the athletics like that's got to be better if that's going to be his foundation mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care if you're missing all over the place and stuff. Eventually, you're going to miss in a place where they should be swinging and missing, and they weren't. Um, John Gray is removed from his rhythm, and now I'm very concerned about him. And Reed Detmers had another amazing night fast. He did. Ten strikeouts. I mean, yes, the White Sox. It was a clear start because of that. But uh, that's three straight now for Reed Detmers. And what's really cool, well, you know what? I'll save it for the roundup and the plus pitch podcast tomorrow out. morning. You should read in the roundup, of course, every night I do them um, through the season. Check them out. I'm going to have a lot to say about Reed Demers tonight. Or in this case, every morning. Um, all right, let's go to tier nine here, 62 through 68. Uh, Emmett Sheehan uh, at 62, falls seven, followed by Bryce Elder, Ranger Suarez, up nine to 64. Michael Waka down 19 to 65 that give him give him a shoulder someone give him a shoulder uh he has shoulder fatigue which is why he has dropped Tony Gonsolin down 7 to 66 JP France and Seth Lugo rounding out the tier what's it called and why is it called that totally ordinary baseball year <laughs> why is that because it spells out Toby Oh, that's beautiful. Is that the new? Oh, I like that. It's like that's the Easter egg that we never knew that that's what it actually stood for all along. Um, <laughs> let's start with with Ranger Suarez, um, who obviously, you know, at the beginning of the year uh, didn't have quite the start that we were anticipating, or maybe some people were anticipating it. But as of late has just been on an absolute tear. That is five consecutive quality starts for him. He's getting to the seventh virtually every other start um, and doing so relatively efficiently as well three consecutive starts or of seven or more strikeouts with just two earned runs total over those starts coming in at 19 innings against the Dodgers Arizona and Atlanta yeah. so two division leaders and yeah. the Dodgers what are you making of Ranger Suarez yeah it's pretty cool isn't it um curveball's doing well uh singer's doing well the last five games 
uh, have totaled a 138 ERA and a 104 whip for Ranger Suarez. And he does this. And by the way, that's the Mets at the start of it, right? Mm-hmm. Only one good matchup. That was the Nationals. And, you know, arguably he's worse with nine over seven whip and only three strikeouts. Uh, but yeah, Ranger Suarez gets in these rhythms where he's able to command well. And that's just what he's doing right now. Uh, he has a curveball working. He has a changeup working, the cutter, the sinker, four seamer. He's just moving around the zone effectively. And he just does that at times. How long is it going to last? I don't know. It's kind of a Vargas rule at this moment. Um, so I, I wanted to really raise Ranger Suarez higher than this. There was a part of me that really wanted to put him maybe into like a cherry bomb tier of tier eight or tier seven or something. Um, but then I ultimately I thought, you know what, like Bryce Elder is absolutely a Vargas rule. He only had one stumble and I was against the Nationals and you can't really put Suarez over that. Emmett sure. Sheehan to me is you take the good aspect of Brady Singer with a slightly worse slider, but a better fastball. And that, yeah, that's Emmett Sheehan on a better team, right? Mm. Um, and I feel like that's more sustainable through the entire year. So ultimately, I landed at 64 for Ranger Suarez. But I do feel like this is really where the cliff is, right? Where when yes. it comes to your 12-teamers, like you have tier 8. You see all those guys. All those guys are rostered in your leagues. Um, the top 61, right? Emmett Sheehan's yeah. rostered in your league. Bryce Elder's rostered in your league. So cool. Ranger Suarez. Ranger Suarez should be Ranger rostered Suarez. in your league. Um, so this is right there at that cusp where all these guys could be off your teams next week. Same with tier 10. Uh, and yeah, Ranger Suarez is just okay. Like, yeah, that's a proper Toby. Yeah. Um, anyone else in this tier you want to hit about before going to this Gonsal large isn't that good. tier? He's not that good. He's, yeah. That's it. That's all I really want to say about that. And Waka, no idea what to do. I feel like he's going to miss more than one start. Uh, it's just one of those yeah. things. I feel so bad for him. Not thrilled about throwing him against Cincinnati, which is his next scheduled start mm. this week, um, who cooled off a little bit tonight against the Orioles, but obviously a very scary offense overall. Although Waka has shut down scary offenses a lot this year. Anyway, moving now to tier 10, 69 through 84. Big chonker. Mackenzie Gore up 10 to 69, followed by J.P. Sears. Jack Flaherty down 13 to 71. Kodai Senga. Julio Tehran. Matthew Boyd, who might sadly fall off the list as he left today's game with injury at 74. Logan Allen drops down 6 to 75. Andrew Heaney up 6 to 76, followed by Michael Kopech. Griffin Canning. Reese Olsen jumps 14 to 79. Kyle Bradish up 12 to 80, followed by Jordan Montgomery, Tywin Walker, Johan Oviedo, and Domingo Herman, who falls 18 to 80. For what's it called? Why is it called that? The Horrors of Trench Warfare subtitle. <laughs> yes, people actually did this. <laughs> okay, and why? Because it's it feels like a necessary evil. Uh, it destroys people. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, it's just, oh, and there's so many of them involved. There's speaking of so many of them involved, there's so many names that we could talk about. That's I'm trying to look I mean, at a few. Yeah. I'm trying to look at a few that we haven't necessarily hit upon. And we we've only slightly hit upon Reese Olson because I believe uh the week before he was the number one hundred and he's steadily rising. Did you see something? I mean, we're we're in the we're talking about Reese Olson. We're pretty much in the eighties as he's number seventy nine. But did you see something in this most recent start in the twins against the twins that, you know, really stuck out to you or was it just the fact that he's got what 17 strikeouts over his last two starts which is 11 and one thirds innings so actually really quickly Dylan sees tonight 11 out of 33 slider whiffs Mm -hmm. and just kidding that was Reese Olsen 
48% CSW his last time out against the Twins with his slider. What? Wow. What? Yeah. He had 11 cold strikes on his four-seamer as well, and it was pretty much just like two-pitch the entire way. And what's kind of wild is, I'd say the most sexy offering he has is a changeup that uh, has a 22% swing strike rate right now, and that's including the 0 for 7 strike rate that he had in this one. Like, he threw a couple. I was just like, yeah, this is bad. I'm just not going to do that. I'm just going to throw four seamers for called strikes and then sliders underneath. And it really is like Dylan Cease in that way of just yeah. cool four seamers. Cool. Let me get those in there. 30% CSW sweet. And now I have my slider that you cannot touch. 0% hard contact on 33 thrown is really, really cool. Mm. Yeah. Results, he's, he's a fun he's a fun one to look out for uh um, oh i gotta pull up i literally just clicked away from it literally seeing if there was any interesting starts for him coming up i know he has a rough one next it's the is it the rangers because i know they're playing the then i believe he gets either oakland or something lovely after that that i'm very much for whoever they play after they play i want to say the tigers wait a second (laughs) (laughs) um uh, so well, listen. There's a lot of people you get hit upon in the stairs. Anyone that jumps out to you is like, "Ooh, this person's pretty interesting," and that's why they're in this list right now. Um, I want Kyle Bradish to be better, but I want him to be a, a Cleveland Guardian. You know, I want him to be sliders and curveballs wazoo up the wazoo, and like the curveball wasn't good last time. It's just like, what is going on? I don't get this. Yeah, he can't survive with four seamer cutters upstairs, can he? Maybe they cut fast with him. Maybe he can do the Anibal Sanchez. I don't know. It's fine. Um, bad news Anibal, about... I was that the second time Annabelle Sanchez... I know, I know. Well, it's the same thing I'm referring to. So, whatever. I know, it just cracks um, me up. It's a fun method, okay? I've got no mm. other reference point. I uh, I wonder where, how you feel about Mackenzie Gore's ranking here. He's right under 70. He's at the top of this tier. I debated heavily if I was going to put him above or below the Toby tier. I mean, he just did well yesterday. Yeah. What are your thoughts? He still has the same issue that we've kind of seen from him every once in a while, where when he just he just leaves four seamers middle middle and they get absolutely demolished, right? Yeah. And then he started doing something pretty interesting in in uh, his last start, where he like started to get more cut on his four seamer a little bit. Mm. Um, and I think you know there maybe there would have been some some issues with his uh, his mechanics that were happening. So that has me a little bit concerned as well. Um, I do think that he has a relatively good couple of starts coming up which makes me a little bit more interested in i think he has a start later on this week oh no it's actually against philly but i actually don't know if i necessarily mind throwing him against philly because i do think there is some still pretty good upside there it's what you kind of it's what we talked about a few weeks ago and what you have harped on every time we brought him up which is just like man if he just made a decision to elevate those four seamers he didn't do it all of the time against san diego i mean because he did throw 71 Either 71 four seamers. Well, that's the crazy remarkable. part about this to me. Is yeah. The four seamer was very good in this game, right? Nine whiffs on 71 thrown. And I mean, not the highest CSW, but like this is how he got nine strikeouts because he threw 32 curveballs and sliders. Mm. And, and they both had a 44% strike rate. That's horrible. Yeah. That is so unreliable. You cannot do that. So that's why you see. Uh, five five earned runs here uh, against the against the Padres like that that's just how that's going to be um, I'm sorry not one earned run I'm sorry it was, it was just one earned run which makes no sense one. to me yeah. Uh, yeah I was looking at the Cardinals one but like I see that start and I'm going no no that shouldn't be that should be a five run run start because like how did you survive with that how do you only get two walks 
I don't know. I uh, 71 fastballs, I guess. So it's, a, it's such a good fastball as you covered on your show. It's just, I want him out of Washington. Yes, I just don't trust I'm them. Very much with you. Uh, any other uh, names here that's interesting before we should jump on to the final two tiers? Uh, mm-hmm, not really. Fair enough. Some people are on, <laughs> like, on, on Reddit were like, Yoan Aviedo needs to get more love. I'm like, he just throws sliders and I'm happy the curveball got into the zone, but they're not, this isn't exceptional and we've seen the floor of like where, when he doesn't have his command and I'm not going to buy into Aviedo's command moving forward a ton. So I'll take him against like Milwaukee this week, but I, I think it's still very cherry bomb-esque, so I'm not really jumping in there. All right, let's move on to tier 11, which is a full Toby tier. It cracks me up that I think we've had to talk about this before, but I just love that the Toby color is brown. Oh, I made that uh, choice. Oh, no, yes, yes. I, I know. Obviously, it's great. Uh, tier 11, 85 through 90. Kyle Hendricks, Drew Smiley drops 14 to 86. Clark Schmidt, Aaron Savali, Martin Perez, and rounding out the tier jumping up five to number 90 is Wade Miley. What's it called? Why is it called that? Congrats. It's a tie. How to look good with the apparel on your suit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's. Congrats, it's a tie is great because you had me. That's beautiful. That's really good. Why is it called that? Because it's the Toby tier. That's beautiful. That's great stuff. Let's talk about Wade Miley a little bit as he's back just filling the zone with cutters, right? That's what he's doing. Uh, Six innings pitch with no one runs, no walks, and three Ks, just 67 pitches overall uh, against the uh, uh, Guardians. Is it just because Toby's are brown and the cutter color is brown? <laughs> it's just a there it is. Uh, Wade Miley, who has the t- most terrifying player page photo that you'll see. It, it, yes, is, it is. It is quite. I don't know. It's like it's, Chucky, essentially. It, yeah, just a smile, kind of just bearing into your soul a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't actually think he had the best command against Cleveland. Um, it was good, but I've seen better command from him. Um, I think he got away with a little bit. And he's very, very command focused. Like it's cutters and actually the changeup wasn't really even that good in this one um, with some four seamers and that's it. And the changeup four seamer and cutter, all of them have a sub 10% swing strike rate. So yeah, um, it's as Toby as it gets really in my book. As Toby as it gets, he he is, he is Spider-Man. No, that is the best Toby. Ah, uh, so so what's as Toby as it gets? Um, it's the Flanderson. Oh yeah, of course, because it's what it's named after. Excuse Come me. Come on, um, I know, apologize. That. You're right. I know I'm slipping. Um, anyone else in this chair that you'd like to hit upon? Before I mean, I is this your first podcast? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Kyle Hendricks has another tier if he gets his curveball back. His changeup and sinker commander is there right now, so that's pretty cool. Um, okay, let's move on to the final tier then. Tier 12, 91 through 100. Uh, Brady Singer down 7 to 91, followed by Dean Kramer. Uh, yes, okay, good. We're still in the Orioles tier as we have at least two Orioles. Uh, Johnny Brito unranked at 93. Cutter Crawford unranked up to 94. James Caprillion up at 95, who was also unranked, followed by Patrick Sandoval drops 9 to 96. Then Kyle Gibson, Paul Blackburn, Michael Irvin, and the new Mr. 100, previously unranked Jake Irvin, what's it called and why is it called that? Stick to the streams that you're used to. The tragic history of TLC. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. Why Why is that? Because this is your streaming picture tier. Okay, very good. Let's talk about 
uh, you know, number 100, a guy that you led with in the roundup when he pitched a couple of days ago against Arizona with six innings, one walk, six Ks, one and run, two runs total, and five hits. Just kind of filling up the zone with four seamers. Got a 38% CSW on the pitch with seven whiffs and 10 called strikes overall. What did you see in Jake Irvin that had you thinking, even though he's a national, I'm still going to put him at number 100 on the list? I think Jake Irvin actually has pretty repeatable mechanics. And if he's throwing 95 and able to get seven whiffs on these pitches, seven over 45 here, uh, there's something to that. It's a 38% CSW against a good Arizona team with that four-seamer. And it makes me think that there's something legitimate there. Not to mention he got a lot of strikes on both the curveball and the sinker as well. And he's someone I'm going to be monitoring here uh, against the Twins next, I believe is who he gets. Uh, That could be a very sneaky stream. So if Jake Irvin can hold on to this velocity jump, I mean, this was across everything. It was three ticks in the curveball, 1.4 in the sinker as well. Um, This could be something. And that's what the fun of the 100 is. Mm, That is what the fun of the 100. And this is what the fun of the 400 is. Nick, we did it. Episode. I know that was a beautiful transition. That was was quite good. good. You know, it's like you've come along with your segues over the years. Exactly. The amount I grew just within that that tier alone, as we have gone from, is this your first podcast to what a beautiful transition that was, um, is is A+. plus. Any final parting words as we wrap up number 400 for our, our friends here? I can't thank you all so much, uh, or really enough, just for, for being around <laughs> and, and listening to us. I know I, I, I'm so verklempt fast. Oh, beautiful. Is, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, this is a... Uh, it's 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 really really tough to do 100 let alone 400 of these um and i remember actually when we started i felt like i was you know we were behind like everyone else had a podcast and we didn't have one right and the fact that here we are still doing this 400 deep um with hardware as well Mm -hmm. uh and with so many people that have come on our show um and and helped out with it and I don't know. There's so much more to do. I can't wait for 4,000, which I'll still feel better than how my back does now. Um, We're like 80 years old. Yeah, that'll be the, that honestly would be like the funniest podcast. Kyle Bradish Jr. is. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? I said uh, Kyle Bradish Jr. He, he, he's uh, throwing, what, what do they call it these days? The flutterball. <laughs> the flutterball. uh that's lovely no seriously i i haven't said anything endearing in this podcast and i should it is actually really fantastic just to echo your sentiment the fact that we have come this far it is not the uh uh, it is not a market that is unsaturated right there are plenty of podcasts that you could listen to and the fact that you guys are 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 listening to us as a part of your rotation just never ceases to amaze me every once in a while the last thing i'll say is like i'll take a look at the numbers that this podcast does or any podcast of the pitcherless podcast network does and it like doesn't make sense to me like and i'll say like Kristen, we had x amount of listeners and she's like what (laughs) and like it's it's just it's unbelievable so you know from the bottom of our hearts thank you so much for for supporting us and doing this for us for for 400 episodes It, it means a lot to us but nick that is going to do it uh for episode number 400 of on the corner of the official pitchlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and I'll see you for another 400.